0: What's up people, this is it, episode 10 and uh, previously we were trying to look at what are some of the practical things that we could begin to do if we want to launch out on the paths of leadership we want to launch out on the paths of postulate. So I had another quotation here, a rather lengthy one, that I just wanted to go through today and perhaps comment on it as we go through it, that perhaps could give us a few more concrete ideas of things that we can do if we want to begin walking that path of leadership, if we want to follow that road of apostolate. This is a quotation from the founder of Art of Manliness, Brett McKay. So he writes, There are many unjust things happening in your community, state, nation, and world that fail to produce righteous indignation because men do not care to educate themselves about what is happening. To do this, men must have a firm grasp of culture and ideas, keep abreast of current events, and take time to travel outside their usual sphere of life. So then, From there on, he goes on to list a number of things. But I think just with this introduction that he gives, already we can begin to see some of the concrete things we can do if we want to grow in leadership, right? So, for example, here he mentions the thing of having a firm grasp of culture and ideas. Culture and ideas. From where? Well, all sorts of media that we have at our fingertips, you know, that are accessible to us. Including books, people, we must read books and please books of, of substance, you know. But this is one of the ways we have in which we can access culture, in which we can access the thought of other people, in which we can find a way to understand what was worked for other cultures what has not worked for other cultures good experiences they've had bad experiences they've had how they have tackled similar problems that we have how they have like secured some of the benefits that they have you're going to get that from books you're going to get that from some of the videos that certainly will not be, you know, blockbuster films. We also have to look for this kind of documentaries and movies and docudramas um, or debates perhaps, you know, to, to watch, to listen, to, to learn from. But men must have a firm grasp of culture and ideas. And then we also need to keep abreast of current events and current events, not just where we live you know, the gossip of the neighborhood, current events, not just even of our nation, but current events of other nations, other countries, what are they doing? You know, there's a high school teacher I had who would say that we should not waste time making our own mistakes. We should learn from the mistakes of others. Don't waste your time, your lifetime, Making your own mistakes, insisting that you must experience things on your own. No, learn from the mistakes of other people. And the way you do that, or one of the ways in which you do that, is precisely by this by keeping abreast of current events. You know, do I know what are the hot topics in the world today? Do I know which are like the main news items in the world today, in Africa today? Right. This was perhaps brought to my attention also when um, a few months ago, I think maybe one or two months ago, we were hosting a lady from the UK for one of these online get-togethers. And um, she was speaking about one of her hobbies, which is pro-life work. And one of the things that she mentioned is that if you are not like um, cultured about it, if you are not in the know about it, then you will miss some of the trends that pro-choicers, for example, use when they are trying to push for legislation that is precisely pro-choice. And she would say sometimes you're so concerned about your own country that you fail to see what these guys are doing in your neighboring country or a country in the same continent as you are in Africa. And you seem to think that, okay, no, we are safe, we have managed to kind of uh put off these people to spar them off. We don't have to worry too much. Little do you know that they are making inroads, that they are making headway in other countries very near you. And once your neighbor's house is on fire, guess whose house is going to be on fire next? So we need to keep abreast of current events. Now, certainly, with the 24 hours news channels, with a myriad of newspapers online and printed, with Twitter this and Twitter that, I mean, the sources are enormous. But we need to ask somebody who knows more than we do, look, which are the ones where I can get like the main most pertinent news items? What should I subscribe to? Can I get a, a whole like summary of what's going on just by listening to half an hour on this while I'm in the, in the Matatu going home? Or can I read just the high, the tweets that come from this particular Twitter handle and will that be sufficient for me? Do I need to buy a newspaper? We need to keep abreast of current events. Another point he mentions here, to take time to travel outside our usual sphere of life. Gentlemen, excursions are important. Cultural trips are important intercultural exchange trips of one description or another are important, not just for drinking, but also to learn the culture that is there, to learn how these people handle different situations, how they solve their problems there, what has worked for them, what will have been like the most horrendous, you could say errors that they have experienced or seen in their vicinity take time to travel outside the usual sphere of life and plan for it, maybe once a year at least, you know. I'm very lucky I'm part of a a group of young men who precisely, this is one of the things that we're trying to work out, you know. Would it be possible, we were hoping to have started this year, in fact, this November we were supposed to have been in Uganda. But the idea is that once a year we travel outside the country, you know. We can start with some of the neighboring African countries because that is cheaper or that is more affordable or because of the time constraints, whatever it is, but look into it. What can I manage? What can I do? How can I execute this broadening of my horizons, this opening up of my mind? Because without this, and I cannot be a good leader, I cannot be a good apostle, I cannot get culture, I cannot grasp these ideas. And these are the comments that you could say Brett McKay uses to open this discussion of how we can grow in justice, how we can grow in beginning to care about the unjust things that are happening around us in our community, in states, nations, in the world. Right. So then from there, he goes on to list a number of things here um, that I want us just to go through. Um, Pole Pole for the next couple of minutes, right? So there are about seven of them, if I count correctly. And the very first one, believe it or not, is what? Reading good and noble books. And he says, make it a goal to read as many of the classic works of literature that you can during your lifetime. All great books struggle with complex issues that require characters to exercise justice. By reading great literature... You develop and aggregate the knowledge that you need to exercise justice. Mm-hmm. I belong to uh, another group of, uh, of young men, precisely. We've been trying from more or less September last year. hasn't really taken off well. But to kind of come up with a list of, look, what are the books that a young Kenyan professional man should read if he wants to grow in culture? Where should we start? What are, like, precisely these classical works of literature? Right, which are these books, perhaps not even of literature in the sense of they are novels, perhaps it's even a more of something more serious. It's philosophical or it is historical or it is, I don't know, things to do with economics or something like that, right? But we need to read these things as well. And the question that could pop up in your mind is why bother with classic works? Those are of dead people who are long gone. Yes, the persons may be. But the issues they went through and the solutions they came up with are not. That's precisely why they are classic and that's precisely why they have a perennial appeal. Things that lose their appeal is because they have lost their relevance. But classic works of literature, of music, of art, there is something about them still relevant. That's precisely why we categorize them as classic. So read good and noble books. Look for a list of books. I mean, well, hopefully you will get a a list that is, uh, you know, doesn't do you more harm than good. Again, that means we just need to consult with people who know more than we do. But see if you can begin working, plowing through uh, that list of books. You know, from another book I was reading, To Be a Man by James Stenson, precisely he would advise, you know, spend 20 minutes a day, at least, minimum, reading one of these classic works of literature and here we've also included things on history and economics and law and agriculture and pastoralism and whatever else it is right but spend 20 minutes a day get audio books if that's what works for you play them as you are washing the dishes as you're making the bed you know 20 minutes every day this is point number 1 point number 2 Reading, watching, reputable news sources. Again, something we had mentioned at the beginning. Whether online or in print form, Brett McKay says, every man should read at least one newspaper a day. And you don't need to read it beginning to end. You know, Read selectively. Check what the heading of that section is. Is it relevant to you or not? Okay, fine. Read the introductory paragraph. And with that, you have already a good feel for what value that holds for you. Read sources with both a liberal and conservative slant in order to get a balanced viewpoint. Having too little time is no excuse. By keeping abreast of current events, you will begin to see the amount of injustice in the world. Develop the ability to make judgments on how to solve these injustices and be inspired to take action. Keeping abreast with uh, news also could spur us to react. Because sometimes we may not be monks or nuns, but quite frankly, we do live cloistered lives, sheltered lives, in little bubbles, where everything seems to be okay, or, or alternatively, we are just used to the way things are. Right? And sometimes something we read, something we watch, could shake us and say, Hey, how can this be a whole man, George Floyd? Gets killed like that. This is unacceptable. And maybe that moves you into action. To care about and to think about, you know, those Floyds who are near you. In the slum near you. You may not be able to do something about Floyd in the States. But maybe you can do something about the Floyd there in your neighborhood. Number three, he suggests, travel and leave your comfort zone. And he comments, While I don't believe the need to travel is a legitimate excuse for putting off commitment, it is undoubtedly a singular way to educate yourself. When the opportunity arises, visit a foreign country and seek out places and people not found in the travel guides. Leaving your comfort zone does not have to mean leaving the country. For many men, a different part of town can be just as foreign. Make an attempt to see places even in your own city that you usually never venture. You'd be surprised the amount of injustice that happens in your own town. A fourth suggestion he makes is justice in our communications, to live justice in our communications. And he comments, when we are insincere with others, we deny that person the right to truth. This is an injustice. When we gossip about another person, we blacken the name of that person without allowing them the chance to defend themselves. This is also injustice. And we need to do something about it. We need to learn how to speak sincerely. How to speak justly. How to say things as they are. And if for whatever reason we can't say something positive about somebody else, well, either we shut up, we keep quiet, or we say it in a way that even if he were present there in that conversation, he would not be offended. Right? Point number five. Justice in the workplace. A just employer, he comments, will pay their employees what they deserve. A just CEO won't take a pay rise when his company loses money. And when the company does make money, he will spread some of that wealth down to the workers who help make that profit possible. Just employers also don't cut corners. They don't try to get their employees to work overtime without pay. They don't try to cheat their employees out of benefits they have earned. In turn, just employees don't cheat their employer by goofing off when they are being paid to work. They don't call in sick when they are really nursing a hangover or simply playing hooky. This is justice in the workplace. I came across a post the other day from one of the IG like pages I follow of uh, school that had installed solar panels for, uh, I think, for heating water and for electricity. And precisely from the money they have saved using solar energy, the principal of that school has used those savings to give his teachers a pay raise. This is justice in the workplace. And we know perhaps that in the places where we work, yeah, we do face some of these injustices. Well, learn from that experience that you may not be able to do something about it now, but later on as you rise, as you're promoted, when you begin your own business, when you have a chance to speak to one of your colleagues over a beer at the bar or over a game of pool there in the the local hall or whatever it is, right? That even there you have a chance to advise him and to encourage him and to motivate him to live justice in the workplace. A sixth idea is justice in the public arena. And he goes on to comment the following. Nowhere is the affirmation disillusionment more pronounced than in the area of politics. Men today have grown completely cynical as scandal after scandal erupts and another political leader who made hopeful promises during the campaign abandons those ideals once in office. The problem is not just corrupt politicians. However, it is the apathy, the not caring, of voters who voice no outcry as the ship of our democracy slowly sinks. But it is not sunk yet. There are still a few good politicians out there, and if men get more involved in the political process, more of the good apples will get in and more of the corrupt bastards will be kicked out. This can only happen if people start taking an active role in politics. Read up on the issues, ignore the fluff that big media creates in their cotton candy machine of news, get involved in campaigns, donate to your candidate of choice, go door to door spreading their message, put a sign in your front window, form activist groups, distribute leaflets in Kampo, etc. Nothing will ever change unless men start caring. Unless men start caring and doing something about it. Right? Point seven that he raises is justice in our community. And here, Brett says the following. Even if many men have trouble believing that it can change politics, no one can deny that change is possible when undertaken on a one-to-one basis. Many people in your community didn't receive a fair start in life. We can serve the cause of justice by helping them rise to a level playing field. Find a way to volunteer and perform service for others. Become a big brother and mentor a young man who has gotten a short shift in life. And help him see how he can make a man of himself. Another way you can exercise justice in your community is to stand up for individuals you think are being abused physically, mentally or emotionally by others. Then he mentions an American news station, ABC News, that set up a situation in which a man verbally assaulted a woman in a park in order to see how many people would step in to stop it. Surprisingly, not many people did. The ones who did intervene were mostly women. What's wrong with our men? I know in America we take pride in our rugged individualism and we try to avoid getting involved in other people's lives, but if you see an act of abuse going on, don't stand idly by. Do something damn about it. And yes, here in Nairobi, very far from the States, perhaps the circumstances are not exactly the same in terms of, man, yeah, if I get involved, <laughs> I could also end up injured. I could also end up hurt. Okay, but have you thought about it? What can you do really? You know, with my phone, could I post a, a video about it? Could I make noise, alert one of you could say the social media media influencers about it? you know this what we call the twitter warriors, the keyboard warriors Is it possible that in my own estate in my neighborhood in my apartment block, I could do something about it? I could start something there that perhaps prevents the same thing from happening where I live, where I work, you know, but what cannot happen is that we just walk, you know, ear pods plugged in, eyes fixed on infinity straight ahead, and we completely ignore what's happening. That can't happen. And then lastly, he gives a point of justice in the world. And he writes, once you start paying attention to current events, you will be struck by the amount of injustice in the world. Lots of attention is given to causes such as AIDS or world poverty. These are noble and worthy causes, but I feel that we often go about solving them in the wrong way. Throwing huge concerts to raise awareness about global poverty or just throwing money at poor countries is a good start, but we don't solve the problem. There's an awful lot of smug back patting that goes on at such events. The awareness wears off after a few weeks and corrupt governments in poor countries waste the money that we give them. If you'd like to fight injustice in the world, join the Peace Corps or work for UNICEF. If all you can do is donate money, make sure you to donate it to a reputable non-governmental agency that will use most of your dough to help people, not pay for administrative costs. Another great way to help alleviate poverty is by funding microloans to enable people in developing countries to start small businesses. And if you're feeling really ambitious, start tithing. Tithing is often associated with giving to a religious organization, but it doesn't have to be. If you don't belong to a church, if you're not religious or don't even believe in God, you can still tithe. Find a cause you're passionate about and donate a percentage of your income to it. can be anything. The environment, a political organization, or a charity. Donating your money to a cause or an organization is a reflection of your values. It's your chance to put your money where your mouth is. So I encourage you just to Perhaps go through this list that Brett McKay suggests slowly, think about it. See if you can come up with one or two or maybe maximum three concrete resolutions of what you can do in order to grow in this aspect of leadership, in order to grow in this aspect of apostolate.